Section 15 of Rudder Grange. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Rudder Grange by Frank R. Stockton. Chapter 8. Pomona Once More. Part 1. Sure enough, it was Pomona. There stood our old servant girl, of the canal boat, with a crooked straw bonnet on her head, a faded yellow parasol in her hand, a parcel done up in newspaper under her arm, and an expression of astonishment on her face. "'Well, truly,' she ejaculated. "'Into the house, quick,' I said. "'We have a savage dog.' "'And here he is,' cried Euphemia. "'Oh, she will be torn to atoms.' Straight at Pomona came the great black beast, barking furiously. But the girl did not move. She did not even turn her head to look at the dog, who stopped before he reached her and began to rush wildly about her, barking terribly. We held our breath. I tried to say, "'Get out!' or "'Lie down!' but my tongue could not form the words. "'Can't you get up here?' gasped Euphemia. "'I don't want to,' said the girl. The dog stopped barking and stood looking at Pomona, occasionally glancing up at us. Pomona took not the slightest notice of him. "'Do you know, ma'am,' she said to Euphemia, "'that if I had come here yesterday that dog would have had my life's blood?' "'And why don't he have it to-day?' said Euphemia, who with myself was utterly amazed at the behavior of the dog. "'Because I know more to-day than I did yesterday,' answered Pomona. "'It is only this afternoon that I read something, as I was coming here on the cars. "'This is it,' she continued, unwrapping her paper parcel, and taking from it one of the two books it contained. "'I finished this part just as the cars stopped, and I put my scissors in the place. "'I'll read it to you.' Standing there with one book still under her arm, the newspaper half unwrapped from it, hanging down and flapping in the breeze, she opened the other volume at the scissors place, turned back a page or two, and began to read as follows. Lord Edward slowly sauntered up the broad ancestral walk, when suddenly from a copse there sprang a furious hound. The marsh man, concealed in a tree, expected to see the life's blood of the young nobleman stain the path. But no, Lord Edward did not stop nor turn his head. With a smile he strode steadily on. Well, he knew that if by betraying no emotion he could show the dog that he was walking where he had a right. The brute would recognize that right and let him pass unscathed. Thus, in the moment of peril, his noble courage saved him. The hound, abashed, returned to his covert, and Lord Edward passed on. Foiled again, muttered the marshman. Now then, said Pomona, closing the book, you see, I remembered that, the minute I saw the dog coming, and I didn't betray any emotion. Yesterday now, when I didn't know it, I'd have been sure to betray emotion, and he would have had my life's blood. Did he drive you up there? Yes, said Euphemia, and she hastily explained the situation. Then I guess I'd better chain him up, remarked Pomona, and advancing to the dog, she took him boldly by the collar, and pulled him toward the shed. The animal hung back at first, but soon followed her, and she chained him up securely. "'Now you can come down,' said Pomona. I assisted Euphemia to the ground, and Pomona persuaded the hired girl to descend. 
"'Will he grab me by the leg?' asked the girl. "'No, get down, Gump,' said Pomona, and down she scrambled. We took Pomona into the house with us, and asked her news of herself. "'Well,' said she, "'there ain't much to tell. I stayed a while at the institution, but I didn't get much good there, only I learned to read to myself, because if I read out loud they came and took the book away. Then I left there and went to live out, but the woman was awfully mean.' She throwed away one of my books, and I was only half through it. It was a real good book, named The Bridal Corpse, or Montrigger's Curse, and I had to pay for it at the circulating library. So I left her quick enough, and then I went on the stage. "'On the stage?' cried Euphemia. "'What did you do on the stage?' "'Scrub,' replied Pomona. "'You see that I thought if I could get anything to do at the theatre, I could work my way up, so I was glad to get scrubbin.' I asked the prompter one morning if he thought there was a chance for me to work up, and he said, yes, I might scrub the galleries, and then I told him I didn't want none of his lip, and I pretty soon left that place. I heard you was a keepin' house out here, and so I thought I'd come along and see you, and if you hadn't no girl I'd like to live with you again, and I guess you might as well take me, for that other girl said, when she got down from the shed, that she was goin' away to-morrow, she wouldn't stay in no house where they kept such a dog though I told her I guessed he was only cutting round, because he was so glad to get loose. "'Cutting around!' exclaimed Euphemia. "'It was nothing of the kind. If you had seen him, you would have known better. But did you come now to stay? Where are your things?' "'On me,' replied Pomona. When Euphemia found that the Irish girl really intended to leave, we consulted together and concluded to engage Pomona, and I went so far as to agree to carry her books to and from the circulating library to which she subscribed hoping thereby to be able to exercise some influence on her taste. And thus part of the old family of Rudder Grange had come together again. True, the boarder was away, but, as Pomona remarked, when she heard about him, you couldn't always expect to ever regain the ties that had always bound everybody. Our delight and interest in our little farm increased day by day. In a week or two after Pomona's arrival I bought a cow. Euphemia was very anxious to have an Alderney, they were such gentle, beautiful creatures, but I could not afford such a luxury. I might possibly compass an Alderney calf, but we would have to wait a couple of years for our milk, and Euphemia said it would be better to have a common cow than to do that. Great was our inward satisfaction when the cow, our own cow, walked slowly and solemnly into our yard and began to crop the clover on our little lawn. Pomona and I gently drove her to the barn, while Euphemia endeavoured to quiet the violent demonstrations of the dog, fortunately chained, by assuring him that this was our cow, and that she had to live here, and that he was to take care of her and never bark at her. All this, and much more, delivered in the earnest and confidential tone in which ladies talk to infants and to dumb animals, made the dog think that he was to be let loose to kill the cow, and he bounded and leaped with delight, tugging at his chain so violently that Euphemia became a little frightened and left him. This dog had been named Lord Edward at the earnest solicitation of Pomona, and he was becoming somewhat reconciled to his life with us. He allowed me to unchain him at night, and I could generally chain him up in the morning without trouble if I had a good big plate of food with which to tempt him into the shed. End of section 15